Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote local creative businesses and people. I am your host, Geraldine Hennessy, and today, Maura O'Connell from West Cork Casting Studio joins me at Brook Park Business Centre in Demanway. Looking for a quieter, slower pace of life, Maura relocated with her family to West Cork from the city just over 12 years ago. On a career break from an adult guidance counselling role, she was on the lookout for a creative outlet and found life casting. She spent several years teaching herself this new craft and honing her skills before setting up her business. She offers a unique life casting and now bespoke jewellery service. In this episode, she explains her journey from social science graduate to producer of personal keepsake and memorial jewellery, the highly emotive element of her work, the touching stories that make her work so special, overcoming her periods of procrastination and self-doubt, and learning to take it easy on herself. So you're very welcome to Cork Creative, Maura. Can you explain to us the different things you do, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose my my business is called West Cork Casting Studio and casting, mould making and casting is what I do. But really the essence of what I do is about family. It's about connections. It's about memories and about memory making, really. And I do that in a couple of ways. I started off life casting where I would make a mould over Generally, it's hands, people's hands. I specialise in family groups, so family connections. And I think in a family, we're as familiar with hands as faces. Mm. So if you see the hands of a loved one, particularly older people like your parents, maybe your grandparents, I think they bring very special memories. Like I, I had three grandparents alive until I was about 30. And I could still picture all of their hands, especially my nan, because she Mm. lived near me. And if I think of my nan's hands, we're in her kitchen and we're making apple tarts and I can smell cinnamon because she used to put cinnamon and cloves in her apple Mm. tart. So I think hands are very special. So that's I do groups of hands. And then from 2020, when when we had lockdown, I couldn't do any face to face Mm. work. And then I was able to introduce a new product still in the same ballpark, still all about family and about connections. And that was silver fingerprint jewellery. And obviously fingerprints are unique to each of us. So if you're wearing a piece of jewellery that has the fingerprint of a loved one, maybe a child or a parent or your partner or whoever, that's a very special piece to yeah. have and to wear. And it's, you know, there's, it's just an emotional piece mm-hmm. and it, it keeps that connection and holds those memories for you. OK. And have you always been creative or, or how did you get into this type of work? Yeah, I guess, you know, I've always been creative, but I never knew how I could earn an income from yeah. it if you okay. know what I mean yeah. like I remember I did art for junior search I think actually it might have been inter search it might have been the last year of <laughs> inter search but I did art and my art teacher wanted me to keep it on yeah. for leaving search so I obviously had sh- some kind of skill mm-hmm. or talent that she saw but I can remember at the time thinking like how the hell would you make an income how would you earn money the only thing I knew about artists was drinking absinthe in a you know in an attic in Paris you know <laughs> I was like, I know, I mean, the the idea is romantic, but I, you know, I need to earn some money. I need to have an income. Mm. So I was always creative. So I did, I didn't actually go that route. I I went to college and I did social science. Mm -hmm. And then after that qualified in adult guidance counselling. So it was all about people. Mm. And then I came out on a career break, maternity leave first. And then I was able to take a five year career break. And in the meantime, a second baby arrived and we'd moved to West Cork. Mm. And the thought of commuting back up and down the road to Cork Mm. City with two smallies at home just thought, 
you know, life's too short. Mm. Have a look around and see. And literally just scrolling on my phone one day, I saw a Facebook video of a family group getting their hands cast. Mm -hmm. And that was it. It was literally light bulb. Saw it and thought, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And spent a couple of years then trial and error at home, teaching myself, grabbing any hand that passed, basically. And <laughs> cast them. <laughs> yeah, so that's where that started. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, and I get, do you know, the what really made me realise that, I mean, the, I loved the family groups and my two girls were quite small at the time. Mm. And I loved the idea of them growing up and in, you know, maybe 30 or 40 years time and they looking at their small little hands from when they were kids. Mm. And that's a very sweet idea, you know. And then my sister-in-law, sure, she knew what I was doing and she asked me if I would cast her granddad's hands and oh. immediately I it hit my stomach and mm. I thought, oh my God, these are very emotional pieces mm. actually because he's not going to be here in 30 or 40 yeah. years time mm. to see his hand, mm. but the rest of his family will. And that's, you know, I mean, that's exactly what I, he was 95 oh my when gosh. we cast his hands with my little niece mm. who was only five. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. it's the most beautiful piece and gorgeous, like old hands are so beautiful. Because they've so much detail and and they tell stories. Mm -hmm. They really do. I mean, then I realised... Oh my, these these are very emotional pieces. Yeah. They're not just a little bit of fun for the family. Yeah. They're a bit more than that. That's it, yeah. yeah. So like, as you were just saying, your, your jewellery and your pieces are, are deeply personal. Do you feel your role extends beyond that of a, a standard craft producer? Yeah, I do really, because I, like I, I don't think of myself as a jeweller necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm working with silver and I'm making jewellery pieces, but I mean, you couldn't set me down the high street as a jeweler really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's the emotional content mm-hmm. and particularly during lockdown because that's when I started doing them some of the pieces I did were were deeply emotional like I had a lovely job for this lady who lives in West Cork her father was dying during Gosh. Covid yeah mm-hmm. and her her yeah her, her dad was dying and her brother was living abroad and couldn't get back to see dad Mm. so she was able to take dad's fingerprint I made a kind of a bracelet with a leather strap with his dad's fingerprint on it gosh and I mean the feedback there was just so I mean just the fact that he had something he could hold Mm. his dad's print there's a bit of texture in them in the silver so you can feel something Mm -hmm. and like I say a fingerprint is unique only his dad could have made that print Mm. and it was just a huge comfort for him to have Mm. something that was so personal and so connected to his dad. There's been a couple of pieces now like that where I was able to make jewellery for people who've passed away. Sometimes in hospitals they'll take handprints or footprints for the family as a keepsake and Mm. I'm able to use those to create jewellery. They're very, very personal. During lockdown and and because of a customer request, Mm. I was able to introduce ashes into the jewellery, which is you know, just the very fact that they're contained within the silver. It's yeah. not actually, it's sometimes, because you can buy little silver, I suppose they're like little receptacles mm. where you can place the mm. ashes in it. Whereas in mine, I'm incorporating it into the silver. Okay. It's actually encased in, inside okay. it. So it's, you know, you can't lose it. Yeah, you can't exactly. lose it, you can't fall out yeah. kind of thing. So they, I think, I think yet yeah, the work that I do, it's it's a bit beyond just jewellery yeah. making. It's 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 creating an essence, I think, or kind of a presence or a feeling or an emotion or but in a tangible way. And do you feel like your background in social science has helped you uh, with that? 
I think it has actually. Mm-hmm. I kind of think I'm uniquely placed in some way in that my background is all about people. Mm-hmm. So I've always been interested in people. Mm-hmm. I've always been interested in the stories. And in the work I did, I was always interested in helping people move on to something different. Yeah. And, you know, I can sit with people. Yeah. I can hear people's stories. And, and particularly when you're working in adult guidance, mm. adults come with a lot of baggage. So there was there was a good bit of counselling work mm. in that. So I can sit with the hard stuff. And particularly as I'm when I'm doing a lot of memorial stuff, mm. some such sad stories where, you know, you've terminally ill little children and mm. then go and making casts for the parents, terminally ill parents. Mm. They're so emotional and it's, they're so sad stories and they're such sad situation. Mm. Not everyone can go and sit with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Not everyone can be comfortable with that. And it's, you know, I think it's, it's, I've been trained to be empathetic, mm-hmm. really, and how to hold my own, mm-hmm. empathize with the people I'm dealing with and provide something that's so valuable to them. Mm-hmm. That's, I suppose that's the focus. Their situation is their situation. I cannot change that. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is give them something they can hold that might help some yeah. bit in a healing process, mm-hmm. particularly when it's memorial pieces. I suppose like you're perfectly placed really, aren't you? Like for, you know, to deal with the kind of tougher situations that, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's, it, it, you really are after finding, I suppose, a niche for yourself. I think so. Yeah. And, and you know, the irony is that I was working in adult guidance, not really knowing what I wanted to do mm. myself, knowing I wanted to work with people and, and I suppose guidance counselling is a way to do that. Mm. But there's no chance I could have done this work in my 20s. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no way, mm. I, I mean, there's no way somebody could have, opened a guidance counselling book and say there's the job for you you Mm. should go and do that my whole life path and experience and all the rest Mm. has led to this really and it's it's quite remarkable it is quite do you know (laughs) and I kind of sometimes sit in there going am I really doing this like is this my work and I get such a buzz from it Mm. you know even you know kind of a couple of years after I started I, I can remember finishing one job and coming back and just really buzzing. And my husband going, well, I never saw you like that coming home from another job. I know, you know? that's it. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah this, is, this is what I should be You're, doing. You are doing what you're meant to be kind of I doing. T- I, you know, I, yes, I, I feel really grounded in what I'm doing. But, you know, I've, yeah, yeah okay. I, I do feel solid about it. So though, I suppose the types of projects that interest you most, they're those kind of memorial pieces, are they? Or? They're, you know, they're the ones I guess I would get... A, I don't know. It's, it's hard to put words when you're talking about memorial stuff. It's it's hard to put words because obviously there is a tragic situation. Yeah. But I do feel a great sense of satisfaction, maybe, even though, like I say, the word isn't right. Mm. But, you know, I have some kind of sense of comfort in myself that I can provide something, yeah. that I've created something that it is really beautiful to look at, but actually holds more than just the physical beauty of the piece you know and what are your biggest influences then Maura well I'm doing this primarily the focus when I when I wanted to work from home was family Mm -hmm. I have two children they're getting a bit older now but when they were young the I really wanted to be the person at home well we had the discussion and we both wanted a parent at home Mm -hmm. and where the way my job was going and the way my husband's job was going it made more sense for me to stay at home Mm -hmm. it could easily have gone the other way but it just it it made more sense for me to stay at home and that's why we moved to West Cork as well we were living in the city I'm from from I originally Mm -hmm. then I lived in the city for whatever 15 nearly 20 years Mm -hmm. college and work and got married and, and 
didn't fancy bringing up babies in the mm. city. So we moved west and like I say, family, that's, I wanted to stay at home, mm. but I'm an independent woman and all that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, we've been raised to, you know, do our own thing mm. and equality and all that. And I did feel the lack of my own income. Mm-hmm. Now, my husband's, I mean, his income is our income. Mm-hmm. Basically, that was the deal mm-hmm. for the first, you know, I mean, that's, we just get on with it. But not having your own income yeah. didn't sit all that well with me, even though I was completely delighted that I had the opportunity to stay at home mm-hmm. and not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated the fact we were in a position to keep me mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but there was an itch. As, you know, as soon as I saw that video, mm-hmm. I was able to scratch the yeah, itch and get on with yeah. something else. So family really is the biggest influence. Yeah. I'll work around that. As the girls are getting older, they need me at home much less or mm. they need a parent at home. So I'm doing more outside of the house, whereas mm. before it was all inside mm-hmm. the house. So family is a big thing. But then when it comes to business, I've never done business before. Mm. You know, I've always had somebody telling me what to do. And and that was kind of great in a certain way. Yeah. But doing business is completely different. So I my influence is there or when I look around and I see the women in business group I started with maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. We're still a tight group. Great. I get so much support from them. Places like the local enterprise office. I'm in a, a Facebook group called Bite the Biscuit, which is all about creatives and, and creatives in business. And support like that is just huge because mm-hmm. that's where I feel the lack in the, the business knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And speaking about, say, groups and support networks, you won the, the Businesswoman of the Year in 2021 in the Network Ireland West Cork Awards. Is such an achievement even more important when you are a solopreneur? Yes, it is. And I think because, like I say, I hadn't come from business. Mm -hmm. The fact that I won a business award. (laughs) Somebody thought I could do business well (laughs) enough (laughs) to give me an award for it. I mean, that was unbelievable. And and the fact that it was in a creative business, Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of blew my head, really. Um, I was so made up, really. Mm -hmm. I was really proud of getting that Mm -hmm. award. And I knew... I kind of, I had earned it yeah. because I put the work in mm-hmm. and I knew from from working in FOST, I had seen enough people come in with business ideas and do start your own business courses. And I'd read enough in the paper mm-hmm. to know that, you know, most businesses fail in the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I knew this product, the life casting particularly, was something very special. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted that as a business and I had to make it work. Mm-hmm. So I did the courses. I did the start your own business course. I did loads of training with Leo coming to Brook Park and Dunmanway to mm-hmm. do loads of courses. I had my women in business group, which is still a great group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, winning that award. The, Business woman, like <laughs> yeah. With cost soaring, how hard is it for small local craft producers? You know, I think when you're small, it's always hard anyway. Mm-hmm. When you're small, you don't have the budget to buy bulk stock mm-hmm. in and buy loads of, of whatever materials you need in. So it was always hard, but definitely, I mean, we've had... The COVID, we had the Suez Canal, Mm. we had Brexit, (laughs) we were looking like possible recession now. So everything has, I mean, increased in price, everything. Even just putting something in the post, putting a letter in the post has increased in price. So it does make it, it does make it more difficult. Mm. I guess like in the last six months or so, I kind of saw 
it looking like that a little mm. bit and I did stock up on a lot of things. Yeah. Mm. I did. But now I know the next time I go to order frames, his prices are going to go up because yeah. he's had wood. But I mean, wood's yeah. gone expensive. Yeah. Silver's gone expensive. Mm. Plaster, everything. Because yeah. I get a lot of stuff from building mm-hmm. providers. Friday's, yeah. There's all, that's all gone up. Yeah. So, just have to deal with it, I suppose. You just have mm. to. It's such a fine line. You know, when you're trying to price things, you want to acknowledge the value of your product. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overprice it and mm-hmm. not have any market. You don't want to underprice it and yeah. it be undervalued kind yeah. of thing. So it's quite hard. And then I, I'm going to have to look at those prices yeah, again soon. Yeah, and yeah. really, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that 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 makes me nervous because that's the business of things, know. you know. Yeah. That. <laughs> and what is your your favorite material to work with? So, do you know at the moment it is the silver? Yeah, because it's just so, like the silver that I use. It's an eco product. It's silver clay and it's made from silver dust that's left over from making medical devices. Oh, right. Okay. So somebody, some clever cloud somewhere has has figured you can gather all that sil- pure silver dust, put a little bit of binder in it and you've got this silver clay, which makes, you know, means oh, I can yeah. press into it. And it's so flexible. It's so pliable. You can do so much with mm. it. And then, I, you know, I, you need a jewellery kiln, a little specialist firing kiln to to burn off the binder mm. and you're left with, with sterling silver then. Okay. Because, you know, the, the memorial stuff, I am I want jewellery that maybe isn't so obvious, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, you can buy jewellery, you can buy memorial pieces in the shops that are a bit generic. Mm-hmm. And but I didn't want something that's obvious. So I've been making little moulds from leaves, from little twigs, from okay. like it, nice little pieces of wood that I'd find on a walk. Just very natural yeah. things. So making moulds and Casting those then mm. in silver, that that's been a bit exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. It sounds like a bit of a learning <laughs> curve, very good. Yeah. And what would be your dream project? Do you know what I'd love to do? It would be a big, huge life cast. Okay. Yeah, I'd lo- like I'd, I'd the biggest pieces in life cast I do would be a pregnant belly. They're, they're magnificent and. Like my children now are fifth, nearly 15 and 11, 12. Mm. So my work here is done. <laughs> I'll be clear. But jeepers, every, a pregnant belly. There's something oh, so yeah. special about that. Mm. And just the 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 miracle of life. Yeah. You know, I mean, that there's a there's a human growing there. Mm. It's fas- it's fascinating. So pregnant bellies, that's the biggest thing that I've done. Mm. And, and with work like that, I need an assistant. So mm. I have, have a neighbour who helps me out with that. But a big body piece. I'd yeah. love to do something like that. Just the challenge of of putting it together and mapping it and, and figuring how you're going to mould and cast the whole body. So could, like, would that take long, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like if I was to do a cast now of a pregnant belly, a live cast... That would take probably 40, 45 minutes to make the mould. Okay. So if you're doing a whole body, mm. it's going to take a bit of time. So you want to pay, you know, a nice patient yeah. model who's yeah. used to just sitting still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could throw myself there out in the Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, no, I, I don't think anyone wants to see when this we're finished body. here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> and, and many of our, our previous guests who've been solopreneurs have highlighted the importance of business and sport groups and you've mentioned a few of them. So how important are they to you? They're... To me, they're absolutely vital because I know myself, I'm such a procrastinator Mm -hmm. and I will overthink things and it would be so easy for me to put things off Mm -hmm. and, oh, tomorrow I'll do that or I'll think about that. I would like, you know, Scarlett O'Hara, I won't think about it today. I'll think about it tomorrow. But 
without those groups and without someone to be accountable to, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I'd, I'd be at home pootling away, happy yeah. out making things, but not making a business, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they're, they're vital. Accountability is a huge thing. Focus and support. And the skills, learning skills is a big thing, yeah. you know, learning how to do a business plan, learning how to price your work, learning how to market your work. Mm. Oh my God, marketing, like break out in a sweat, <laughs> thinking of things like that. But then I look back and I go, well, from where I started to where I am, I've done a lot of work. I've put a lot of time in. I've learned a lot. I mean, I know a lot. Yeah, I just like, don't always believe it. <laughs> yeah, like looking at your Instagram and your website, I would have thought that you were, had a very good background in business. You know, like... Uh, it, that's it, fantastic But to you hear. know, to be fair, like, you know, <laughs> when you're saying this about being a business, I'm like going, really? <laughs> it doesn't come across at all that you're, you know, like that from your yeah. website, which is a good thing, you know? Which is good. And do you know what? I, I know at the very start, there was a definite element of fake it till you make it. (laughs) I was like, right, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to act like I know exactly Exactly. what I'm doing. I'm going to act like I know what's what. And uh, maybe someday I will. (laughs) And I'm kind of getting there. Yeah, no, I think think you're doing well. (laughs) But that's, do you know what? I think that's actually... That's a creative brain thing Mm. as well. Mm. And I know from from that Bite the Biscuit Facebook Mm. group, I mean, the creatives are obviously creative. But you could find them so easily cowering in a corner, I crying because, oh, what if it's not good enough? And you're basically producing a baby to yeah. pass on. And, and what if somebody rejects your baby and I says, know. no, I don't like that? I mean, it's it's such a vulnerable space yeah. in, in many ways. So that would be a common enough theme in anything creative, that, that lack of faith yeah. in self sometimes. One of our guests there, um, Maura Mackey, she actually said something very similar. She said, you have to just say yes and then think about the afterwards afterwards, yes. you know? You yeah. just you know feel the fear and just do it and you know? do it yeah. Yeah. yeah Richard Branson has a great one I don't know the exact quote but basically saying that you know if someone presents you asks you to do a job that you would love to do but you've no idea how mm. to do it say yes and mm. then learn how to do it exactly yeah, um, yeah. yep that's what I I can do that yeah I can yeah, do that yeah, yeah, yeah. and what do you think are your biggest challenges myself that, really yeah, yeah my yeah my own head if I could get out of my own way. Jeepers, I'd have won this award four years ago. <laughs> I know. But uh, things like that, like, I mean, it is changing, mm-hmm. definitely, because recently my husband, he heard this interview on the radio and it came out, oh, listen to Bobby Kerr. He interviewed somebody in a podcast, listen to that. So I went and listened and he had interviewed this guy, Bob Hamilton from Irish Urns mm-hmm. and how Bob started his business. And, you know, if it was a year ago, I'd have thought, God, it'd be nice now to get in touch with Bob and tell him what I do. But, you know, maybe he's busy and he's got his own stuff Mm. and blah. Whereas this time I heard the interview and I thought, oh, hang on, my silver jewellery could be a good match with what Bob's doing. Mm. So I sent him an email and the next thing you know, he's interested in me designing pieces just for his website and... Like oh well, hang on, I did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. If you you have to put yourself, you out have there. to push push a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But is it? Do you think it's a thing that you're getting better as you're getting a bit older? Not older, but you know. Well, yes, and definitely with age comes that kind of bit of maturity, mm. and also the realization that you know we're not dealing with incubated babies. Yeah. It's all fine. Yeah. Exactly. It's all grand. And and that comes with a bit of age and a mm. bit of maturity. And and I guess as from a bit of experience in doing the work that I'm doing, 
and you're in a very competitive space. Do you feel there is a pressure to innovate constantly in terms of what you offer? I don't think my space is that competitive, Mm -hmm. to be honest, because it's so unique. I know there's other people out there doing casting and, you know, you can get baby casts done, um, not... Not that there's millions mm-hmm. of them out there, but there's there's a small handful, but it's not huge. Mm-hmm. It's not a saturated market, certainly. But then again, it's not it's not a kind of a market where there's lots of business anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it is quite niche. And because of that, I, I kind of deliberately set myself up as being the the artist about mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? Rather, because sometimes, and no disrespect to anyone with a business, but some of this, particularly the baby casting ones, it's kind of a kit business. Yeah. You buy your stuff, you do, you know, whereas mine is a little bit more personal and it's it's a broader range of, of business. It's, it's what shall I say? It, it's, it, there's more artistic input. <laughs> there's yeah. more creative input. So I think my niche is, safe enough in a way but mm. I have to I still have to kind of mind and protect that yeah and I have it. to work on it mm. as well because obviously if I'm not marketing in some way people don't know I exist mm. they mm. don't know the products exist they're not going to come looking for them mm. so it's yeah I have to keep tapping away at it and I suppose like as you were saying there earlier about COVID you launched into the whole jewellery making as a result of COVID yes. was it yeah, yeah. so you yeah. kind of brought in that whole new side to I your business I did yeah 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 I mean the the whole the thing at the time was pivot, <laughs> was it? pivot. that was the, 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 the term yeah. at the time so I pivoted my business <laughs> And do you know what? I'm joking. Like, but I that's I find those business terms sometimes that's a bit off pushing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did. I was able to, and and I had the fingerprint was in the back of my head. I'd seen it mm. before, and I knew same ballpark, same feelings, same emotions, all family and connections, and obviously was perfect opportunity mm. to break out the silver and yeah. start learning. So, so you made the most of the I opportunity. I made most of that. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose there was a bit of innovation there, and because of that. The requests came for something else. Could you do this? What about that? Could you know? So I guess because of that, because of of customer requests, they forced me to be a bit yeah. innovative as well mm-hmm. and, and come up with something new. So do you find that happens that people like clients give you ideas or inspirations? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I had one customer a few months ago, and she the six of them in the family. And she wanted something with their fingerprints that wasn't jewellery. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Richard Branson was in, on my shoulder. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that for you. No problem. Leave it with me. And I panicked for about two weeks. Thought, oh, my God. What the hell am I going to do here? But I came up with an idea. Good. And she loved it. Great. And the family loved it. And I'm like, oh, actually, that's a whole new project now. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can start selling yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Out of the diff- uh, most difficult challenges oh, comes great yeah. opportunities. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what are your plans going forward, Somara? I think going forward, I'm, I'd like to focus a little bit more on the memorial stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very, very special. I am a little, I'm, I'm nervous about it. I'll mm-hmm. be honest, I am nervous because it's memorial and I don't want to be going out, you know, with my bell clanging you know I'm nervous about that yeah. but I know the I know the amount of comfort it can bring I know how it can help people with the whole healing process mm. after a loss and I know just the very fact of having something tangible in your hand is, mm-hmm. is very very valuable so I'll, I'll get over myself and I'll get out there and and offer that a little bit more I will talk more with 
you know, some of the hospices. Okay, yeah. Like I had a very, very special job recently where a lady around my own age has terminal cancer. Gosh, yeah. And I did, you know, a family group for them and it was Oh, it was just so special. Mm. It was so special. We tried to make a little fun event of it and the kids gathered around and everyone held hands and we got a beautiful piece. Lovely. And just the fact that they will be able to hold their mom's hand. Yeah. I mean, this is why I'm I'm nervous about trying to market or advertise stuff like that. And I don't, actually, I don't think I probably don't need to. Mm. Probably stories will get told and yeah. people will hear mm. and it will come around. Mm. If it happens to one or two people and they share their experience it's amazing how these yeah. things spread. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's yeah. it. I had a beautiful job a few years ago. This girl Avril, she's living in Florida but she's from Turner's Cross in the city. Okay. And so she's home on holidays every so often and great relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. So we cast their hands together I'd say about three years ago. Oh lovely. Um, so Avril's hand was down and her mom's hand was on top. So she, so when she went back to America she was able to rub her mom's oh. hand and she used to send me messages everywhere. Oh such a comfort check and every time I feel lonely yeah. for my mom. And oh, sure, I had an email, a message from her about three months ago to say she was on her way back to Ireland because her mom was dying. Oh my God. Just before she got on the plane, while she was at home, she was able to rub Rub her her hand because she had the cast. And Mm. just the fact, it gave her a lot of comfort. Yeah. It gave her a lot of comfort to be able to do that. That's a great, great thing to be able to give someone. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give to yourself if you were starting out again? I would tell myself to go easy. Mm. You're grand. <laughs> You'll be fine. Slow and steady really does win the race. Mm-hmm. It really does. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm great for procrastination and I'm great for beating myself up as well. Like, that. oh, I should be doing this. I should have more customers. I should have more de- blah, blah, blah. And then I look back and go, do you know what? The priority, like I say, was family. So I've been working around that. I'm working part time. I built a business. Mm -hmm. I learned new skills, loads of new skills, Mm -hmm. like creative skills and business skills. And I would say, take it easy. You're doing fine. Slow and steady will win the race. Brilliant note to finish on. <laughs> Thanks so much, Maura, for joining Thank us you, on Geraldine. the Car Creator Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Maura and her work, you can find links to her social media and website on carcreative.ie.